This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. We come to hadith number 20 and it's the hadith of that tremendous companion Abdullah ibn Umar. May Allah be pleased with him. And again, the book that we're dealing with is the Dawah and the Duat. The Da'i and the Dawah. Ayas from the Quran, a hadith from the authentic sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ focusing upon the one who's giving da'wah and the one who's teaching. Not just me, all of you. He's married, he's practicing, has without relatives, not practicing. He's in the school, he's on social media. The da'wah and the da'i. So we come to this hadith of Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with both of them. Tremendous hadith. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, لِكُلِّ عَمَلًا شِرَّةٌ وَلِكُلِّ شِرَّةٍ فَتْرَةٌ فَمَنْ كَانَتْ فَتْرَتُهُ وَلَا سُنَّتِي فَقَدْ اِهْتَدَى وَمَنْ كَانَتْ فَتْرَتُهُ وَلَا غَيْرَ ذَلِكَ فَقَدْ حَلَقَ he said, every action that you do in life, every action for the rest of your life, it has a time of being excited and enthusiastic about that action. Every single action that you do, when you engage in it at the beginning, you're pumped up and you're excited about it. And that excitement is going to be followed by fatra. Fetra is the feeling of being lazy, khamul, lethargic, tired. You can't maintain that excitement throughout that action that has presented itself. So every single action that you do, you're going to be pumped up and excited when it first started. When you first start that action. But then after some time, you're going to become used to it. And then you're going to become lazy, you're going to become lethargic, and you're not going to be so excited and so active. The Prophet says, وسلم, so therefore, anyone who, when he becomes tired and lazy and lethargic and inactive, is not as excited, as long as that is according to my sunnah, you'll be rightly guided. But when you become inactive and tired and lethargic and lazy if you're like that and you're not practicing my sunnah you're going to be destroyed this hadith of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is a tremendous hadith and it's one of those hadith that clearly show the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was a person who taught the people good he was a muallim of al khair you have to ask yourself, are you teaching people good? Are you teaching people good? You, you, you. As you sit there, you have a lot of people to teach. You're married, you have children. Are you teaching good? Rasulullah said, and he was a muallim of al-khair. He 
He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he heard people mentioning two of the Muslims from the community. One was an Abid. He worshipped a lot. Fasting. He was doing all kinds of things. And the other one was a scholar. The people were talking about this one and that one. Prophet Muhammad interjected and he told the people, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Fadli, Fadlu. The virtues of the one who knows the religion, the teacher who knows what he's doing, the virtues of him over the one who's worshipping a lot, is like the virtues of me, Rasulullah over the least one amongst you. The hadith goes to show that knowledge is premier, but knowledge you work by. Not just having knowledge and you having books on your shoulder, but knowledge you're giving dawah to. You yourself are practicing it. And then he went on to mention in this same incident, this tremendous hadith, in Allaha wa malaikatuhu wa ahlu samawati wa ahlu ardain hatta namlati fi juhriha walhut fi albahr he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that Allah and all of the angels in the heavens, even the ants that are in the earth that are walking around in many, many, and even all of the fish in the ocean, they make dua for the one who's teaching people good. So as a dad, you're teaching your people, your kids, eat with your right hand. That's teaching people good. So don't be bakhil on yourself. Everybody here has something to give, something to say. Don't think it's just a khatib, don't think it's just a person, no. You have to give dawah to your relatives who don't know. You just come to the message, you sit in there holding on to the wall and you just sit it. Not that's not enough. Allah wa kafa billahi rabbin wa shaheed. It's enough, Allah is enough. But Allah, all of the malaika, and all of the people in the earth, the two earths, the hadith said, and all of the ants on the earth that are in their ant hole, as well as all of the fish in the ocean, they make dua to Allah for the one who's teaching people good. If you have a wife that's teaching your kids adab, then stop being rough and tough and appreciate that situation. The Prophet was like that, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He taught the people khair. And in this hadith today, he's teaching us a hadith that is actually, I won't say a weapon, but he equips you for life. There are certain hadith, they serve as lessons that we have to remember for the life. Like this hadith, right here. Every action that you do in your life, Ya Abdullah, when you first get involved in it, you're pumped up, you're excited about it. Everyone is like that. And then the time is going to come where you get used to it. And then you become lethargic, you become lazy, you're not so excited about it. He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that time when you become lethargic and lazy, if you are lethargic and lazy, but it's according to my sunnah, you'll be guided aright, you'll be successful. 
But when you become lethargic and lazy and you just throw in the towel and it's not according to my sunnah, as you'll see, inshallah, you're going to be destroyed. There are a number of ahadith that teach us lessons in life, many. Now is not the time for those ahadith. We took one previously. He said that the people are like 100 camels. You can barely find a camel suitable to ride. So you should know in your life, the people that you're dealing with, the vast majority of them are not competent, they're not qualified. Don't lend them your money, don't marry them to your sister, don't marry her, don't marry him, don't hire him, because of the majority of people, they don't know what they're doing. They're like 100 camels. You can barely find one suitable to ride. That hadith equips you for life. And when you go into something, you got to realize, okay, the people and whatever I'm about to do, Rasulullah gave me this information, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, about the reality of the people. That doesn't mean that you exist being negative and you exist being pessimistic. No. You exist with yaqeen, knowing I'm going to give everybody an equal opportunity, but I know what to expect. I'm not going to be shocked when people let me down. And he gave us a lot of hadith. Kama to deen to dan. He taught us, as you do, it's going to be done unto you. That's a lesson of life. You do good by people, you do good in the dunya, that good is coming back to you. You do wrong by people, you do, this is a life lesson. As you do, it's coming back to you. So we have all of those ayat of the Quran. If you help Allah, Allah will help you. As you do, it's going to come back to you. And He'll establish your feet firmly. He told Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Abdullah ibn Abbas, who was riding behind him on his riding beast, Hey, young man, remember Allah, and Allah remember you. Remember Allah and you'll find Allah in front of you. Remember Allah in the good times when you're young and you have health and you have time and you have money. Remember Allah during those times and Allah will remember you when you don't have money, when you don't have good health. Those are from the teachings of life. He was a mu'allam of al-khayr, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he taught us so many things like that. So many, so many. This hadith is one of them. One of the lessons of life for the one who has OCD and wiswas. He said, if one of you is sitting in the masjid and you think you passed when, you think, you're not sure. He said, don't get up until you smell the odor or until you hear the sound. So I may, we'll do fajr time today. I want to make Salat al-Maghrib, inshallah, and then Salat al-Isha. If I don't and I can't remember when I broke my wudu, I don't remember when I broke my wudu. I don't remember. Then I have wudu. I have wudu. Because this hadith presents a principle, and that principle is, Al-Yaqeen la yuzal bishak. When you are sure about something, that yaqeen about something, is not taken away as a result of doubt. So the one who has wiswas, he wants to know, did I divorce my wife? Did I not divorce? 
brother, you are married to your wife. You are married to your wife. You have wudu. That is your wife. That is your property. That is your car. Because a person has wiswas, shaitan comes to him, have him thinking, am I really a Muslim? Am I really this? Hey, you have yaqeen. That's your wife. So if someone came and got involved and she went to someone to get a khula, and they're telling you you're divorced from her, and they didn't divorce you from her with yaqeen, with your participation, with your knowledge, you're married to that girl. So anything you know with yaqeen is not lifted off, except that you have to have delil. It goes away with yaqeen, not with doubt. So the Prophet taught us those kinds of ahadith. They are many. This is one of them. Remember this. Every action has its time of being excited and being pumped up. And then after that, it's going to be followed by being tired and inactive and not engaged, lazy, lethargic. He said, when that time comes, if you're lazy and tired and lethargic, but you're doing my sunnah, you'll be guided aright. But when that lazy time comes and you are not on my sunnah, you're going to be destroyed. That's the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This hadith, Ikhwani, before explaining, it has a background. The hadith, the background, why did he say it? He said it, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, because of one of his companions who was known for a zuhud. And it was none other than Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. He was one of those companions, his name was Abdullah, and they narrated the majority of the hadith. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. And he had more hadith than any other companion. He used to write the hadith. Even more than Abu Huraira. Also ibn Umar. Also ibn al-Zubair. Abdullah ibn al-Zubair. And number four, Ibn Abbas. They are called the Abadala Ya Tulab al All of their name is Abdullah. As for Abdullah bin Mas'ud, he was a scholar from the companions, but he's not from the four Abadala. So this man, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Al-As, had more hadith even than Abu Huraira, because he used to write down. Sayyid Bukhari. Abu Huraira didn't write down, and he used to write down. So he's the narrator, the, he, the hadith is because of him. His father, Amr ibn al-As, was a tremendous man in Jahiliyyah. I don't know any personality today who is comparable and similar to this man. In Jahiliyyah and in Islam, his father was the man. And he had that boy, this son. May Allah be pleased with both of them. His father married the son off. And when he married his son off, his son was a Zahid, a Shab, Zahid. Not just, I'm Salafi, I'm on the Sunnah, I'm practicing. But you have no Nawafin, you have no Sum, you have none of that. This man was a Zahid. Like some other companions, like Abu Darda was a Zahid. Abu Dhar. So you remember those three. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As Abu Dhar and Abu Darda radiallahu anhum zuhd on another level not like the people we see today 
So this man, Abdullah bin Amr bin al-As, he used to leave his wife alone. He wouldn't pay attention to her, he wouldn't mix with her, he wouldn't give her rights. So the news came to the Prophet wasallam, and he approached the issue and he said, what's going on? The man said, Ya Rasulullah, I'm young, I'm ready to do it, I'm strong, I can handle it. He said, I want to fast, tell me what I have to do. He told him sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam that what you should do is you should fast three days in every month because if you fast three days, 10, 20, 30, it's like you fast the whole month. He said, I could do more than that. He said to him, Ya Rasulullah, make more, make more. Rasulullah raised it, raised it, raised it until finally he said, the best fast is the fast of Dawood, the Nabi of Islam, the father of Sulaiman, So this companion fasted one day and broke his fast the next day. One day broke his fast the next day. One day, and he spent the entirety of his youth doing that. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I want to read the Quran. How can I read the Quran? The Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, read the Quran and complete it once every month. A juice every day. He said, I can do more. I can do more. I'm young. I'm ready. He told him, then read it in 15 days. Half of the time. 15. I can do more. Read it in seven days. I can do more. Read it in five days. And there's a narration, he let him read it in three days. Can you imagine how much it takes to read the Quran in three days? Anybody here ever read the Quran in 15 days? Anybody? Half of a month? This man said, I want to complete it in three days. And he would stay up in Qiyamah late. So the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this hadith. For every action, there was a time when you were active. And then that activity is going to be met with a time when you get tired and you're lethargic and you're lazy and you're less engaged. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, the narrator of this hadith, he spent his life doing that. When he got older, he was weak and he was infirm. His eyes went. His eyesight, he didn't have the strength. He told his students, I wish I would have listened to the Prophet ﷺ when he was trying to make takhfif on me. He was trying to make it easy. But I did it, and this is my situation. We say, Rabbi Allahu Anhu, and we don't criticize him. We get benefit from his story. Be a zahid, but be moderate according to your situation. This hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, is, as you can see, a tremendous hadith. When you get a job for the first time, especially after being unemployed, you get a job. We talked about our shabab. You get a job. Corona has been locked down. You're unemployed. You've been using your money and your savings, and now you finally get a job. When you first get that job. You could be a conductor on the train, you could be accepting the tickets at the train station, opening up the, the barrier, you could be a teacher, you could work in a school in the lunchroom, 
You could be an Uber driver. When you first get that job, you're pumped up. Yes, I got a job. But after some time, you're going to say, man, I hate this job. Or I don't like this job because you get used to it. Unless Allah bless you with one of them real jobs that you wake up in the morning and be like, yes. And even in the job that I have, sometimes it's very taxing dealing with some of the community members. The Pope come to the masjid and say, where's Abu Usama? They say he's not here, but here's his number. Here's his telephone number. That makes this job very... Yo, know, man, why are you giving the Pope on my telephone number? Don't give anybody my number. So you get a job and you're pumped up. It happens to everybody. Another example of that, and there are many, is the month of Ramadan. When Ramadan comes, we're pumped up. Today we saw the moon, everybody comes to the masjid, Tarawih, we're doing it. And then tomorrow, we're getting in it and getting at it. And then the next day, but by the time that 10th, 11th, 12th day comes, people say, uh, you know, Islam is easy, Allah is Rahman Rahim. Islam didn't make things difficult for people. I mean, just take a break for three or four days. What happened to all that enthusiasm at the beginning of Ramadan? When you were avoiding people, I'm not trying to talk, I don't want to curse, I don't want to waste time, because you pumped up. Every action is like that. Another example of that is your marriage. At the beginning of the marriage, the brother from Mirpur, Pakistani people, as an example, they put on that nice thing. He really doesn't work, he doesn't dress like that, but he put that nice thing on, has those shoes that come up like that. He's pumped up, he's married his girl, he's like, man, this is my queen, I'm in it. And she's the greatest thing since sliced bread, Sharif, happy. But then after three, four, five years in the marriage, he's looking at his wife. Oh boy. What happened to all of that excitement? Rasulullah is teaching you something, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Put your hand up if you didn't experience this. He gets married, mashallah. He travels all the way over to the Maldives. The Maldives. They have over a hundred islands there. You're in the plane, you know that propeller plane? He's in the plane, he's saying, wow, look at all these islands. I'm going to get married, take his wife to a bungalow. This is exotic, it's beautiful. Come back to the UK with his wife. After three or four or five years, it's a problem. She's the same girl you married and you took her to the bungalow. But <laughs> you get used to it. So I want to say to all of you married brothers, and I say this to myself, I was hot to everybody here. When you start getting drama, and you start saying, man, I made a mistake, and it's not working, you have to ask yourself, what happened to those days of halawa, those sweet days? It's not just her, it's you too. So stick in there. Stick in there. So there's many examples of that. But today, we're talking about the dawah and the du'at, people giving dawah. So I'm giving dawah and you're giving dawah. So when it comes to dawah, you have to understand, I have to understand. When you first start giving dawah in the community, the masjid is packed like sardines in a tent. No room to get in. 
No room. All the way to the back of the door. You don't have to bring any food. Because people were there. The sheikh just came doing 40 hadith of an imam. And no, we, everybody's pumped up. Balugul Moram. Everybody is in the spot. Even with the sisters. First lesson, third lesson, fourth. Fifth, fifth. After that, people start falling off like flies. So as the one who's teaching, you have to understand that. As the people responsible for the dawah, you have to understand that. Don't blame the teacher when the people start falling off. It may be because of him, but it's just the nature of the people. They're pumped up. The sheikh has come all the way from Mauritania, and he memorized the Qutb al-Sitta, and he knows five qiraat of the Qur'an, and he's coming to teach us. And we all come out. But after five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten classes, we'll find many reasons not to go to the class. That is the nature of the da'wah. And that's the nature of people. So the Nabi of Islam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is teaching us this issue. There's another narration of this hadith that I have to add on to it, similar to it. He mentions, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لِكُلِّ عَمَلٍ شِرَّةٌ وَلِكُلِّ شِرَّةٍ فَتْرَةٍ فَإِنْ كَانَ صَاحِبُهَا سَدَّدَ وَقَارَبَ فَرْجُوا لَهُ وَإِنْ كَانَ أُشِرَ إِلَيْهِ بِالْأَسَابِعِ فَلَا تُعْدُوهُ He says, وسلم, every action, everything you do has a time of being active, aggressive, pumped up, do it. And every action has that time where you're tired and lethargic. He says, so if a person during this time does his best to put his best foot forward, then hope for him good. When he's tired, he's putting his best foot forward in his marriage, in the dars, in his job. He's tired. He's not into it anymore. He actually hates his job. But he has to go to pay bills. He has to go to keep stability. He has to go so that if he didn't go, he's going to have more complicated problems. So he keeps working and he keeps doing it. Rasul said, if he does that, then hope for him good. But if a person, if a person is pointed to, people start saying, look at him, look at him, look at him. He said, then don't consider any good for him. The meaning of that hadith is, if you guys can imagine, I give you this example. When you make hajj, you have to go to Mina on the eighth day of Dhul-Hijjah. It's called the day of a tarwiyah. You just go to Mina and you hang out in Mina until you pray Fajr. And then that's the day of Arafat, the ninth, the next day. So you have to make it from Mina to Arafat. So when you travel to Arabia, you have jet lag, you're tired. And then the night before Arafat, we stayed up talking. We never made hajj before. We just kicking a woolly bobo. No one's there to tell you, man, you better go to sleep. If you want a good hajj, you better sleep right now. But we're pumped up, adrenaline. So we stay up, we stay up, we're talking. The next day, we, without even sleeping, we go to Arafat. We got to walk there, we take the train. We're tired by the time we get there. When we get there, everyone is about to crash out. You did the best that you could under the circumstances. So hope for that person good. But the one who the fingers point at him. Under these circumstances, there, were one, there was one brother from the group. One brother from this group. 
One sister on the sister side. When we all got to Arafat, we were beat, tired, and it's early in the morning. We want to go to sleep to get up to eat our breakfast and then get ready for the day. But this one brother is over there making two rakat, two rakat, two rakat, two rakat, two rakat, and he's just like us. He traveled with us on the plane, jet lag, he stayed up all night with us. We walked and we got all the way to Arafat, and we're all beat, we're all tired. None of us wants to even hear our wives. Oh, can you call my husband? I <laughs> tell her, no, no, I'm tired. That's everybody. But this one brother is over there. Two rakata. Rasulullah said, if you see the fingers pointing at him, then don't expect good. Because he's showing off. Now I have to explain very clearly. If you are pumped up and with sincerity you get up to pray, this hadith is not talking about you. But this hadith is talking about the one who's like everybody else. Where you get this energy from to do that? Now if you are sincere, this hadith is not applicable to you. But don't get up and pray in front of everybody if you can help it. Go and pray over there. Go and pray outside of the tent where no one sees you. But you get up and, 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 and everybody can see you. Everybody. That may be a sign that you do a riyah. So this hadith and that hadith are connected to one another. Now, as it relates to the da'wah and the du'at, listen to this and listen to, it very, listen to me carefully. There are people who give da'wah like myself and there are people like you who, you give da'wah but on a different kind of level. But you get in a masjid where you are on the admin, you're an admin. And as a result of being involved with the da'wah, you start to be responsible for helping out for the um, conference, for bringing the sheikh or the sheikhs. When you get involved in da'wah and you're just a regular brother or sister, you start to see all of the drama in the politics of the da'wah. You're pumped up when you get involved. Your wife is happy, your mother, your father are happy, you're volunteering, you're happy. But when you start working with the people in the message in the Dawah, you start scratching your head saying, what's wrong with these people? What's wrong with the sheikh? You're the financial guy. The sheikh is asking you guys, hey, I'm going to come. I want to be in first class. And I want you guys to import water from the French Alps. I want purple roses in my room to smell good. And sheikh, hey, sheikh, what are you talking about? And that's not to put sheikhs down, but I've seen some people are difficult with us. And du'at are difficult with us. They're du'at who are difficult. I think the da'i has every right to say, man, it's hot in this chumpy. Can you guys bring a fan? He had a right to say that. It's hot in here. It's hot summertime without complaining. But sometimes the du'at are going overboard. He wants to come and talk for 20 minutes and he charges the message 2,000 pounds. Wallahi, I saw that. Wallahi, I saw that. He has no knowledge, but he was connected to this or connected to that. And that's what our Shabab like. Our Shabab like that kind of stuff. No problem. We're going to bring him to bring the Shabab to the message. But 4,000 pounds? You're not telling us anything? You're not teaching us anything? You're just talking about what happened, hip-hop over there. What are you talking about? So when you get involved in the Dao, you see these politics. 
And I have to mention this. I absolutely have to mention it. There was a brother that I mentioned from before. His name is Tahir Wyatt. And this is not about him per se. It's bigger than that. The man got a PhD from Medina University. How many of you brothers heard of this brother? Put your hand up. The vast majority of you heard of the brother. If not all of you. If you didn't hear of him, put your hand up. If you didn't hear of him. We only have two people put their hands up. Man, where you guys been? No problems, not wedged upon you. The man gets a PhD, teaches in the Prophet's Messages, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He's not Masoom. I don't agree with him on everything he says. No one, he doesn't agree with me everything he says. But when he graduates and he's about to go to America, we say, hey, this is a great thing. African American revert has proven to himself and to our community the sky is the limit for you brothers who are reverts. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't teach in the Prophet's Messages, you can't get a master's degree, you can't get a PhD, you can't be successful. It's been proven. It's been proven. So now when the brother's going back to America, politics of the Dawah, we have a sheikh who says, don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Why sheikh, why shouldn't we listen to him? You shouldn't listen to him because he doesn't refute the one that I don't like. And I want him to refute that. Come on, Sheikh. What is that stuff, Sheikh? What's these politics about? Let that man go and give dawah to his people and put his people in a position to be able to bring him to take care of him financially because of the khay that's going to come from that situation. The khay, the politics of the dawah problem. They are a problem. So we say to you, you're a volunteer, you're giving dawah here, you're helping here, whatever. You hear my voice, you get pumped up and you get involved in the dawah. Don't be shocked when you see the people involved with the dawah, this sheikh, this one and that one, whatever. Don't be shocked when you see and hear things that cause you to be lethargic. Prophet Muhammad says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, فَمَنْ كَانَتْ فَتْرَتُهُ إِلَى سُنَّتِي when you get tired, lethargic, you start second-guessing yourself, Rasulullah said, that has to be according to my sunnah. Don't throw the towel in for dawah because you saw this, you saw that. Continue to do it and be patient and overlook it. Are you involved in the dawah for yourself? You're involved in the dawah to make it spread to the people. So you have to have sabr in the cause of the dawah. So this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam is a tremendous hadith as it relates to ad-dawah ilallah and it is a tremendous hadith as it relates as well to life. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam in this hadith is showing us that when you do the sunnah and you do the right thing, you're on his sunnah, on his sunnah. If you're on the sunnah doing good times, you're going to be guided. You're on the sunnah doing tough times, difficult times, you're on khair. So you're married and you're happily married, you're on the sunnah. But now your marriage has some problems. You have some issues in your life. So your iltizam. You start loosening up the reins of practicing. Start smoking weed. Because you're stressed out. Start drinking because you're stressed out. You start to hang out with kuffar because you're stressed out. 
Não. Não, 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 não. When that time comes, continue to be on the sunnah. Because if you're on the sunnah during the day, you're on khayr. During the night, you're on khayr. Summer, winter, you're on khayr. And there's an authentic hadith that I think you all know about. The Prophet mentions, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that the example of the believer is like the example of the nakhla, the date palm tree. The nakhla, the date palm tree benefits you. The believer benefits you. The date palm tree is firmly established. The Muslim on his deen, he knows where he's not hocus pocus in his Islam. He doesn't know what, what he's talking about. What are you talking about? Where do you get that from? Like what we have today. This madness that people are upon. Madness. I have to follow your opinion. And if I don't follow your opinion, you're mad at me. We have so many tahdiyat. No, it's madness what we're on. So the date palm tree is a tree that is flexible. It's flexible. The Prophet ﷺ, his religion was growing and growing and growing and growing. They sat down with the kuffar to do a contract, the sulh of al-Hudaybiyah, in which it appeared Rasulullah agreed to things that made the Muslims weak. But that wasn't the case, ﷺ. So he told Ali ibn Abi Talib, write down, they're going to agree, write down, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Kuffar Quraysh said, what is this ar-Rahman ar-Rahim? Isn't Allah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim? Is Allah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim? Any doubt about that? Every single surah of the Quran starts with the Basmala. Ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Bismillahi ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Except Surah At-Tawbah. That's it. Those kuffar said, we don't believe in ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. We don't know this. We don't call Allah that. Take that off. Rasulullah said, okay, take it off. He didn't make a big deal and start fighting them over this. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Allah mentioned in the Quran, ذَرُوا الَّذِينَ يُلْحِدُونَ فِي أَسْمَائِهِ وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَى ذَرُوا الَّذِينَ يُلْحِدُونَ فِي أَسْمَائِهِ To Allah belongs all of the beautiful names. Whether these kuffar accept it, they don't accept it, reject it, isn't it? they still to Allah, whether they accept it or not. So leave those people who play around with Allah's name. He erased it. No problem. And then he wrote, this contract is between Muhammad ibn Abdullah, Rasulullah, and Quraysh. They said, what is this? Rasulullah. If we thought you were Rasulullah, we wouldn't fight you. He said, okay, erase it. Flexible. Flexible. He told us in the authentic hadith, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, la yafruku mu'min mu'mina. It's not okay for the husband to hate his wife. If he sees something in her that he doesn't like, let him look for something that he likes. Be flexible. Give and take. That's the sunnah and that's salafiyah. That's the sunnah and that's salafiyah. Everything doesn't go the way you want, you want, the way I want. Sometimes you have to give in order to receive. So the date palm tree is flexible. It's not jam it. My madhab said, Sheikh Rabi said, I can't move from that. It's, no. You have to be flexible to be able to deal with situations. But the point that I want to mention, connected to this hadith, is what Allah mentioned in the Quran about the date palm tree. Alam tara kayfa darab Allahu mathala. 
كَلِمَةً طَيِّبَةً كَشَجَرَةٍ طَيِّبَةٍ أَصْلُهَا ثَابِتٌ وَفَرْعُهَا فِي السَّمَاءِ تُؤْتِي أُكَلَهَا كُلَّ حِينٍ بِإِذْنِ رَبِّهَا Have you not seen the similar tool and the example that Allah gave about the good word? The good word is like a shajara tayyiba, a good tree, the date palm tree. This ayat is talking about the date palm tree, Surat Ibrahim. Do you not see how Allah gave the example of the kalima tayyiba, la ilaha illallah, or any good word? You mad with your wife, she's mad with you. The kalima tayyiba is habibi, habibati. You mad, she mad. He comes into the house, oh habibi, habibati. Those words work. That's the kalima tayyiba. You want to see the example? Allah said, that tree is firmly established. That kalima firmly is established. It sends its branches out into the sky. That kalima is going to bring khayr to you. La ilaha illallah. Whatever the good word is. And then it said, the tree gives its fruit every season by the, by the permission of Allah. That date palm tree yields its produce. Summer, winter, spring, fall. When it's cold, when it's hot, when the days are long, when the days are short. The believer is like the date palm tree. He's like the day palm tree. He's pumped up. He's active. He's ready to go. And sometimes he's lethargic and he's tired. When he's lethargic and he's tired, he can't give up. He can't give up. In the month of Ramadan, by the time the last 10 days come, he just is not coming to the masjid and he's missing prayers. He's watching TV, listening to music. But he started off better than that. Okay, now the last 10 days are here and you're tired. You are tired. I remember when I was in Liverpool and it was tough. We fasted, you go home, you eat, you got to get back to the masjid. And then Fajr was right around the corner. And then as soon as you make Fajr, your knees be hurting from praying so much every day. It was tough. I remember that. We were fasting for like 18, 19 hours here in Europe. So the person just gives up, gives up. He doesn't go to the masjid at all. He stops praying. He starts hanging out. Start watching what's haram. Things that he shouldn't be watching because he threw in the towel. No, you're tired. Okay. Allah doesn't want difficult for you as he mentioned so many ayahs in the Quran. Yuridu Allahu bikum al-yusr. La yuridu bikum al-usr. Allah wants for you ease. He doesn't want difficult for you. Take a break. Relax. Don't come into the masjid one day if that's what you have to do. But you still should pray. And you should still regroup and come back the next day. So this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam is a clear indication, ikhwani, that if a person is on the sunnah at all times, then you're on khair. And that's part of the meaning of the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he came home and his wives told him about his three companions, one of them said, after asking, they all said, what do the prophet, what does he do when he's at home? One said that he prays moderately. The other one said he fasts sometimes. The third one says that he, uh, fa- he fasts, he prays, 
and he spends time with his wife. When they listen to him, when they listen to him, they say, man, that's not a lot. I could do more than that. I could do more than that. Maybe Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As was there. Allahu alam. But the way he was, that type of mentality says, I can do more than that. He wasn't doing a lot. So one said, I'm going to pray all night and I won't fast. I won't stop praying. The other one said, I'm going to fast every day. The third one said, I'm going to avoid women. I won't get married anymore. Prophet Muhammad heard it. He came to the masjid, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Mu'allam al-nas al-khayr. He's a teacher of good. Teaches people good in the best ways. What's wrong with some people? They say this and that. He didn't throw them under the bus. He didn't expose the community. He didn't want to destroy the people and make isqat. He's giving dawah. He's giving dawah. He's giving dawah. We have to be together. You make a mistake. It's not my job to dog you out and to get rid of you from the dawah playing field. So to speak, it's politics that people are into. What's wrong with some people who say this, this, and that? He said, as for me, I get married to women. I'm not someone who's far away from women. As Allah mentioned in the Quran, That is an aestheticism, a thing of zuhud. You know, we didn't write that on them. We didn't make this wajib upon the Yahud and the Nasara, Jewish people, the, the nun. She's, gonna, com, gonna, she's going to uh, commit herself to the church and don't get married? The priest, he commits himself and marries the church? Some of the companions wanted to castrate themselves. They were serious. Rasulullah, give us permission to castrate ourselves. We want to remember Allah. We want to do this deen. And the dunya and women. Allah mentioned in the Quran. Some of your women, some of your families, children, they are fitna. Avoid them. Some of the ayahs are like that. They said, we want to focus. Allah said, we didn't write this on them, not getting married, castrating yourself. Allah created everything in twos and in pairs. Put your hand up if you are married. Put your hand up if you are married. He told us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, man tazawwaja faqad istakmala nusfa dinihi falittaqilafi shatur al-akhir Anyone who got married, you completed half of your deen. Fear Allah on the other half. How many of you people are married? Put your hands up. You got to thank Allah for being married, man. You're not in a perfect marriage. But if you were not married, it'd be a problem. You're not balanced. These brothers who are not married, you're not married. Put your hands up. Wow. All right, keep your hands up. Put the other one. Oh, Allah helped them to get married. Oh, Allah helped them to get married. Masakinantum. Allah yainukum. Kulu amin. So if you have a wife, you're balanced. In our religion, Allah doesn't want you to be by yourself. The religion. Yes, it is a fact. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah never got married. And no, we never got married. Imam al-Suyuti never got married. But Prophet Muhammad says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as I said, مَنْ رَغِبَ عَنْ سُنَّتِي فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي 
anyone who abandons my sunnah, he's not from me. So don't abandon the sunnah in the winter time and the summer time. When fajr is real early. Fajr is early. Him and his wife doesn't pray fajr at all. Haram alik ya Haram alayna. Haram. It's too early. 3.34. Man, you better get up. So this hadith goes to show whoever, when he's excited, he's pumped up. You excited, pumped up towards the sunnah, you're on hidayah. But when you get tired, and you don't like the business, and you don't like helping your dad, and you don't like what you're doing, does that mean now you become disrespectful to your father? Because you're working with your dad now in his business. And you were pumped up at first, you're happy you got a job. Now you're getting money every week, but now you hate the job. So you become disrespectful to your dad. You're not professional. You just don't show up. You just don't show up. And when you don't show up, you cause him problems. You are disobedient. And what you're doing is from the major sense. Rasulullah told the people, you want to know the worst sin? They said, what? He said, al-ishraqu billah. The man said, and then what? He said, being disobedient to your parents. And then what? Killing your children. So now you don't like it and you're being disrespectful. Your time of fatigue and being lethargic is not in accordance to the sunnah. And based on this hadith, I'll mention again. Every action has its time of being excited, being active, ready to go. And that will be followed with being tired, lazy, lethargic, uninterested. Anyone who doing this time, this time of weakness, if it's in accordance to my sunnah, you'll be guided aright. And anytime the person, when this comes to him, is not to my sunnah, it's a problem. It is a problem. The hadith also goes to show, It also goes to show the balala of some of the people who do a lot of actions. They do a lot of actions, but their actions are not in accordance to the sunnah. Anyone who does something, anything, at any time, and it's not from our religion, it's, it's, it's rejected. So people come and making dhikr, who are who, who, making all these salat al-raghaib, the salat of the people with tasawwuf, this stuff. No. No. Going out for 40 days, 50 days, 60 days, not from the sunnah. Especially when you're going out and you're not calling to knowledge and what's the sunnah. So stay on the sunnah and everything that you do and be moderate in it. We're going to stop here, inshallah, azawajal. If you brothers have any questions about today's dars and hadith, you can put your question forward. Faddalu. Was the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam talking directly and about Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As? Allahumma naam.
He was addressing him. Because we know what happened. Rasulullah heard, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, about what was going on with the man in his private life. And it's a delil how the Prophet was responsible for everybody in the community. Everybody. The khutbah should be about Abdullah bin Amr al-Nas. It should be about his wife. It should be about that one. It should be about the Shabbat. And so forth and so on. So he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, used to protect the rights of all people. قَدْ سَمِئَ اللَّهُ قَوْلَ الَّتِي تُجَادِلُكَ فِي زَوْجِهَا وَتَشْتَكِي إِلَى اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ يَسْمَعُ تَهَاوَرُهُمَا Allah hears the complaint that the lady had about her husband. And she comes to you and complains to you about it. Ya Muhammad, Allah hears that. And Rasulullah got involved and told the man, what are you doing? Don't do that. So yes, he knew it was Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As and he got involved and that's why he said that. That Abdullah ibn Amr al-As, he was young and he was pumped up and ready to go. He was ready to go. And that's why he told him, every action, you're young, your life, you just became a Muslim. Because uh, listen, listen, you are brand spanking new revert. You are pumped up, ready to go. Ready to go. We want you to be a person who, although you're ready to go, calm down, calm down, and be around people who know what they're doing. Because we can't afford for you getting out there and being, you know, a problematic person for yourself, for the ummah, and even for your relatives and non-Muslims. So take it easy. Take it, take it easy. What's the etiquette if you want to correct someone? It depends. And I told you this many times. So listen. The ayah said, Udru ila sabili rabbika bil hikmati wal mu'idhatil hasana wajadilhum billatiya ahsin. Listen to this ayah. Give dawah to your Lord. To your Lord. Not to Sheikh Rabi', not to your madhab, not to your masjid, not to your imam. Stop this stuff. Not to yourself. Not to your fikr and your idea. Not to this group. Give dawah to Allah. And if you're giving dawah to Allah, you're going to recognize you're not the only one in the masjid. You are not the only one in the masjid. So don't be coming to the imam talking about we're maliki and we don't do... Hey man, relax with that stuff. There are people who are here, ahnaf and shafi and new reverts and men and women. So give dawah to your Lord with hikmah. Al-hikmah is putting things in their right, in their correct place. So when you have to give dawah to someone, it may be that you have to expose the person. You have to expose them. You have to expose their sin and the mistake so that the whole community will be aware of that. And it's not considered to be ghiba when you do that. So the Prophet was getting ready to pray Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he was going to pray the Janazah and then he stopped. He said, does this man owe any money? They said, yes. He says, Sallu ala sahibikum. Then you pray on. He left. When the people saw that, they was like, wow, if you owe money, Rasulullah won't pray your Janazah. You better not owe any money. So they were paying off their bills and their debts. Another time, he got ready to pray. 
He said, does this man owe money? They say, yes, two dirham, two dirham, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten pounds. He owes two dirham. Rasulullah said, another man said, pray on him. Someone said, yeah, Rasulullah, I'll pay for him. I'll pay his debt. So everybody knew who was in question. Everybody knew that man was in question. Someone does some sin, some crime, his hand gets chopped off. Everybody saw it. Everybody. But one of the names of Allah is As-Sitir. As-Sitir. Inna Allaha Hayyik Kareem. Sitir. Allah is shy in a way that befits his modesty. He is generous and he is satir. He loves that you cover things up. So you know someone he made a mistake, cover up his faults. It's just between him and Allah. You don't have to expose him for that. You don't have to expose him for that. So it's going to deal, it's going to have to do with Hikmah. Hikmah, putting things in a proper place. There's a person, conceal what happened. And there's another situation, you have to expose it. And unfortunately, during our time, the Dawah of the Kitab and the Sunnah, the people of the Kitab and the Sunnah, as Imam ibn Taymiyyah used to say, Ahl Sunnah are the most knowledgeable people about Al-Khaliq, Allah. And they are the Arham nas on the Khalq. They have most Rahmah. So they know Allah the best and they know His religion. So the people of the Sunnah have Rahmah on the creation. Human beings, youngsters, elders, non-Muslims, animals. Because that's the Sunnah. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَى رَحْمَةٍ لِلْعَالَمِينَ So what happened in our da'wah with dealing with people with rahmah? What happened? What happened? Ya Shaykh, why can't we listen to our brother Tahir? Why? Why? He's from us. The Masalih. It's going to benefit us, our children, our lost generation. Why can't we? Well, first of all, he won't warn against Abu Hassan al-Ma'rabi. Yeah, but my mother don't know about Abu Hassan al-Ma'rabi. What are you talking about? Well, also, he refused his brothers in, 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 in the UK. The Salafis. What? He's not Salafi because he refused them? He refused them because they're Mashawashim. He refused them because they like you refute people. What's the problem? But we have to have this thing enough sense that Rahma for ourselves, Rahma for our babies. And I don't want to be funny here, but it's true. I don't want to mention names of crazy people like Kanye West. I don't want to mention his name, Kanye West. But when there was a hurricane in America, Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, they left black people out to die. Kanye West came and said, George Bush don't like black people. I still remember that, treating us like that. Sheikh, Sheikh. Why are you dealing with this situation? Don't you like us? Don't you like us? This is our brother from us, and the khair of what he's doing is going to be big. It's going to be big. Don't give that kind of fatwa. Or maybe you don't like us or something. And it's not about being racist. It's about, come on, 
scholar, you have knowledge, you have to be able to weigh the benefits and the harms. Why you don't want us to listen to him? Nothing for real. Any more questions, Ekhwani? For the Akhi. What's your name, brother? What? What? Adil. You're from Afghanistan? Pakistan. You look like a Pashtun. Go ahead, my man. Huh? When they stretch. When some people stretch, they say Allahu Akbar and things like that. Is that from the Sunnah? That's not from the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But there's nothing that prevents that in the religion. There's nothing that prevents that in the religion. Uh, that hadith that we mentioned about Abdullah ibn Abbas. Rasulullah told him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam If you seek help, seek help from Allah. So the person is getting up and his back, he got he said, Oh subhanAllah, alhamdulillah. So he's basically saying, oh, Allah help me with my situation. So he has a delil. But did the Prophet do that? No, he didn't do that. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's from the dhikr of Allah. Allah bidhikrillahi tatma innal qulub. With the dhikr of Allah, the hearts are tranquil. With the dhikr of Allah you get strength. And we gave that Daras here before The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam From the Adilla From the Quran and the Sunnah The Nabi Was approached by his daughter Fatima And Fatima said I need a khadam I need help Because from the work I'm doing For Ali ibn Abi Talib I'm getting calluses It's too much work Rasulullah said I come see you tonight He came and knocked on the door Then he came in And Fatima and Ali were in the bed and they were sitting at the head of the bed and their feet were out. The Prophet ﷺ got in the bed and put his feet towards their feet. I'm a father-in-law. My daughter's married. I got wives. I'm married. I ain't getting in the bed like that with no man. I don't care who he is. He's someone who money in my will. But you guys, you guys, can you see the optic and the visual? The love and the respect that they have for the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Billahi Alaikum Some of you have real good relationship with your father-in-laws I have a good relationship, my father-in-law died Sheikh Hassan from Hadija Kaduna May Allah have Rahmah upon him Father-in-law in uh, Bristol uh, May Allah guide him to this deen You have good relationship with your father Can you see sitting in the bed like that with your father-in-law? Anybody could do that, put your hand up Put your hand up if you could do that. Anybody. Could you do that if Prophet Muhammad was your father-in-law? Put your hand up. Some of you didn't put your hands up. If Rasulullah was your father-in-law and he got in the bed with you and your wife, could you handle that? Could you handle that? Of course, we all can handle that. Put your right hand up, man. Left hand, doodle hand, man. Come on. So we all could do that. So the Nabi came and he sat. He said, I'll give you something, I'll tell you something better than having a khadam. If you say before you go to bed, subhanAllah 33 times, alhamdulillah 33 times, Allahu Akbar 34 times, that'll be better than a khadam. Which is dalil, when you do the dhikr of Allah, it gives you strength. Rasulullah used to go multiple days, Aisha said, 
we would see the new moon two, three times, three months, and all we had were the two black things. We ate dates and drank water for three months. And yet Rasulullah prayed Layl. <laughs> in the course of a day, he was dealing with all of the people, all of what he was doing, because the dhikr of Allah gives you strength, gives you strength. So if you're a mixed martial artist, and I want you to be, all of you to be mixed martial artists, got to make the dhikr of Allah and stuff like that to get extra strength to defend yourself. Okay, ikhwani, naktafi bihad al-qadr sa'ilin Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and yuwafiqna wa iyaakum li kulli ma yuhibbuhu yarda. Hadha wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina wa ala alihi wa ashabi ajma'in. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.